0: And there is a lot to discuss. Let us kick off dollars and cents with Brett House. Brett House is a professor of professional practice and economics at Columbia Business School and a fellow with the Public Policy Forum, the Monk School and Massey College. How are you today, Brett?
1: Hey, I'm at home as well. So I guess both of us are uh, coping with the onset of winter. <laughs>
0: And you know, it's double digits in Toronto, as we say goodbye to November. Toronto's uh, December's going to come in with rain. And yeah, I'm stuffed up. So everyone's enjoying the beautiful weather right now. And I'm shaking (laughs) my fist at the Except the two of us. (laughs) 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 Well, thank you for making time. There's so much to talk about. I I was looking at the real estate market, if only because when I took uh, Lachlan to school, there were so many for sale signs. And I mentioned to our team today, I thought, I I, usually when you see a for sale sign in Toronto, you think, oh, lucky you, you know, you're going to cash in. And Mm. nowadays you see someone putting their house up for sale and you wonder what's going on. How would you describe the market right now? Uh, The
1: market is very thin in. Uh, there are very few properties being offered for sale uh, and there are also very few people looking to buy because interest rates are high. Anyone who's already locked in a mortgage at a reasonably low rate is not looking to move and uh, investors who have been in you know, studio and one-bedroom condos in some cases with an Airbnb or short-term rental play in mind are reassessing that investment right now as the federal government government removes tax deductions for expenses on properties that are being offered on short-term rentals so the economics there are not quite as good as they were and i think the reason why you're seeing some more sale signs so a marginal increase in properties being offered for sale is because of two things one that change in the tax treatment on short-term rentals and some folks are deciding you know better to sell than try to figure out how to make this work and uh, you're also seeing a slight increase in distress sales where people uh, are looking at a mortgage renewal that's much higher uh, at a much higher rate than uh, they previously had and properties may be unaffordable for them now
0: right stress sales and so is is are we seeing what we uh, are supposed to see what um, all of those initiatives with the rising interest rates were intended to do
1: Well, uh, I don't think anyone at the Bank of Canada intends for people to be knocked out of owning a home because their mortgage is going to renew at a higher rate. What the intent of those uh, interest rate increases uh, was, was to reduce uh, demand at the margin, cut back on consumption, reduce new borrowing. Uh, The intent of them is not to knock people out of their homes. But unfortunately, in Canada, we have a very different mortgage system than in the United States, say, where you can take a mortgage for 30 years and lock in the rates. So, you know, once you get one of those at a low rate, you're pretty much set for life. Here, pretty much the longest lock you can put on is five years. So the unintended consequence of those higher rates is that every year, about 20% of mortgage holders are going to be renewing. And right now, they're facing much higher rates than they did five years ago.
0: Yeah. And so the Canadian mortgage charter that uh, Christia Freeland included in the financial economic statement, the prime minister was talking about it today. I was looking at those six guidelines in it that all already existed, right? Directions on how banks to to treat these borrowers, Uh, the prime minister. And in the charter, it refers to the vulnerable borrower is that, is that all of us? <laughs> Who is that? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah well, it, it's, it's anyone, really, with a five-year fixed rate that's coming up for renewal right now, because uh, you are facing a much higher interest rate than you uh, previously were paying. And in fairness to the banks, and, you know, full disclosure, I used to help run economic research at Bank for many years. So, you know, I have been a banker. I am not sending sunshine their way uh, because of the association. But it is worth noting that during the pandemic, banks did take a number of measures to help vulnerable borrowers. They did, you know, uh, take advantage of some of the scope they had to roll over uh, interest or. Uh, amortization payments into uh, the mortgages, recapitalize them, put them at the end of the mortgage and make it easier for people with variable rate mortgages to stay in their homes. Uh, They've reached some of the limit of what they can do there. And I'm not sure that these six guidelines are going to motivate banks to do a whole lot more, but it's worth noting banks have done quite a lot already to help homeowners.
0: Yeah, it's been flagged that they, the six guidelines are you know allowing those temporary extensions for the amortization mm-hmm. period for mortgage holders, waive the fees and costs um, for any mortgage relief measures, exempt those insured mortgage holders from requalifying under the stress test, um, mm-hmm. require banks to reach out to homeowners four to six months in advance of their mortgage renewal to inform them of affordability options, uh, allow borrowers to make lump sum payments, and then waive interest or interest when mortgage relief measures result in mortgage payments that fail to cover interest payments on a loan. So all of these existed since COVID-19, Each mm-hmm. does, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, on most mortgages, not on every mortgage, but most mortgages had those features.
0: Yeah. So one addition, I guess, to what's falling under the charter is um, that banks would reach out to borrowers four to six months before their mortgages are up for renewal. So just, you know, being that reminder that maybe some of us don't want, uh, that's part of the usual.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes no news is good news. But, uh, you know, again, in practice, banks do that in many cases, particularly where they, you know, can see there's going to be uh, a substantial reset. Now, If the federal government really wanted to change the math on mortgages for people, they could look at doing uh, something similar to what the U.S. does, which is provide uh, a federal guarantee or backstop underneath uh, mortgages that allows uh, banks to write uh, longer fixed term periods into their mortgages. And so, you know, you could use the federal balance sheet in that way to try to take a little more of the heat off um, uh, mortgage borrowers, uh, but that would be a substantial change. And when we're trying to get deficits down and obligations of the federal government in line with revenue, uh, I understand the reluctance to take that on.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, How big of a bite should we take out of this headline when we look at the Canadian economy shrinking in the third quarter? Uh, The headline is we're managing to keep our head above recession waters. The prime minister was asked about a potential recession today, and he said the Conservatives have no plan. Uh, What do you make of our economy shrinking in the third quarter?
1: Well, it shrunk in the third quarter, but we got revisions uh, to the numbers we had for the two previous quarters, and they went up. So, one of the previous quarters that we thought it had shrunk in, it didn't shrink. And one of the other quarters, it grew a little more than we'd expected. So, this is entirely normal. Uh, We don't collect GDP data on every goods and service that is produced in the economy. We use surveys. Those surveys come in sometimes with some lags, and it's very normal to update numbers after the fact. Uh, So, you know, this. Q3 print is really uh, a mixed bag of results. It's showing that, yeah, we had um, some retraction in Q3, but from a higher base than we thought we were at previously. So the numbers are giving on one hand and taking on the other. And the real concern at this point, from my perspective, is that we are cruising both in the United States and Canada to what looks like could be that, you know, hallowed soft landing where we get inflation down without spiking unemployment substantially and tanking growth into a recession, but we still have very tight monetary policy. And if that monetary policy remains this tight, it's really amongst the tightest in the industrialized world. Uh, We could go right through the soft landing and hit a hard landing beyond it and go into recession with a couple quarters of negative growth.
0: So we need to encourage more spending soon.
1: Well, and the way to do that, uh, I think, is to uh, loosen monetary policy. I think it has done most of its job. And you saw Governor Tiff Macklem say last week that he thinks we may be at the point where we don't need any more interest rate increases. That's a huge statement from him. That's already the beginning of loosening economic conditions.
0: All right. That sounds like some good news to end on red house That's literally a- making dollars and cents we appreciate
1: you <laughs> <laughs> always trying and when we're talking about houses with a guy named house i hope there is more sense than dollars in there
0: <laughs> thank you so much we'll speak to you next week
1: okay take Brett- care and get better, get better.
0: Thank you. You as well. Brett House, we're both working from home and grateful for that technology and the ability. Brett House with dollars and cents. Brett House is a professor of professional practice in economics at Columbia Business School, a fellow with the Public Policy Forum, the Monk School, and Massey College. And always grateful for Brett making dollars and cents of the headlines out there. Coming up, we're going to open up the phone lines and talk about... The unhoused situation in Toronto, the City of Toronto's warming centres are already closed off to new admissions. What should we do?